0: Sports Radio, 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back, and I'm happy to say that Nate Zelinski is not with us. I didn't mean that. I mean, I'm happy to say that because Nate was tied up, Dustin Sigler from Tight Lines is joining us. Good morning, Dustin
1: good morning terry how are you it's
0: been a while it has it's good to talk to you and you know i always i i've been really kind to nate on the air the last year or so so i needed to get i needed to give him a shot
1: yeah and i'm gonna do my best to fill his shoes you know he always uh throws me in on the last minute when he's got all his big events going on doing everything for our community and uh and so I do everything I can to fill the shoes of Nate Zelensky, which is almost impossible.
0: <laughs> well, he's, he's become quite the big shot, but you know what? He's done it the right way. He really does help people and he works hard for the community. I think he's got some kids things going on today. So um, we'll forgive him anytime you're doing anything for the youth. We're, we're all about it.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Out at Lake George, got over 200 kids with them and, uh, And, yeah, he's just doing great things right now. So um, definitely want to fill in and and do my part. I wanted to talk, uh, if we can, based on what Nate said last week. I listened to your show uh, last week and what Nate had to say about trolling for walleye and would love to dive in a a bit deeper. I'm actually, I got, somehow I managed a couple days off, and I'm at Lake McConaughey right now, so I can also fill uh, our listeners in on on a little bit of what's going on up here as well.
0: All right, well, why don't you kind of, take over you know nate was talking about depth control and getting the right lure not this lure you think you need but the lure the fish want down to the right depth why don't you go ahead and take it from there
1: yeah um yeah everything was action of the lure right having the right action not just picking the lure based on its dive curve um there's so much to trolling and i think colorado um specifically has smaller bodies of water so we typically don't have a lot of anglers that like to troll because um, it's not always needed in Colorado. When you look uh, and I compare it directly to Lake McConaughey, where you have you know a twenty-mile-long lake and four miles wide, you got a lot of water to cover, and so um, you rarely ever see anglers sitting still and casting at Lake McConaughey. Where in Colorado, there's way more fish per acre and way less acreage of water, so you really start to see where. Um, you don't have to troll as much. But I think uh, contrary to that, it's so important to troll because we use it all year round. All of us as guides with Tightline Outdoors, we utilize some aspects of trolling when it is needed. And so whether it's lead core... Um, In the spring when fish are feeding down on bugs at Cherry Creek or right now where uh, bait fish is just through the roof. We got tons of them in the system and fish are now moving constantly swimming underneath those bait fish. Uh, The big thing that I didn't hear Nate talk about, which I think I want to touch on, was um, when you're choosing your crankbait, obviously we want to pick something in the shad profile. That's what we have in our lakes and reservoirs in Colorado. Now, on top of that, when you think of color, I think color, um, so many people want to put it at the top of the list, and I think it is a very important thing, but one thing people overlook is actually the bottom side of the lure, so the the under-the-belly color of that lure more so than the sides and the top. A lot of our walleye, in fact, most all the time, walleye are looking up, um, sitting below the baitfish and feeding up on those, and so understanding the belly side of that lure, what color it has, um, can really benefit you as an angler. There's so many times you're looking at the shiny sides of them, you're not looking at the belly color and the little red flash, or maybe it's an orange belly, or maybe it's yellow. All those play a huge role in selecting that lure for trolling. Um, I know Cherry Creek right now, uh, some of my favorites are, are purple chromes, but it has a red cut on the... 10 of the crankbait. I'm talking flicker shabs. Um, Salmo Hornet, same thing. I have one of my favorites. is a blue chrome out there. Uh, also has a red cut on the, almost like a gill flash um, up underneath of it. Uh, both of them work very well. High in the water column right now, uh, behind boards. You don't have to kick your boards way out. Or flatlining, 55 to 100 feet behind. Um, so suspended fish out at Cherry Creek. Um Big thing I also wanted to mention uh, in retrospect to trolling is we use it year-round, right? Um, spring, summer, and fall. And and a lot of anglers, they're either, you know, you're either too lazy with it and think it's an easy kind of boring uh, thing to do because you set lines and, and forget them. Um, and then you have the other side of it where it's so advanced and technical that anglers just can't figure it out, so they give up on it. Um, I think more tournaments nationwide have been one with trolling, and I think it's something that if you're a Colorado angler, you kind of have a benefit of having a smaller body of water to learn on because you're not having to scour the lake and look for your fish and then troll for them. You can you know where your fish are. Now just fine-tune your technique. Um, so those are a couple main things. I didn't know if you want to add to any of that, Terry.
0: Well, Yeah, there's a couple things I do. I, I couldn't agree more with you about First of all, trolling isn't just throwing some lures out and hoping a fish hits it. It Really, there is some nuances to it. They're not that difficult to learn, but you have to take some time to learn. Uh, One of those that uh, I always got a kick on, when I was writing for In Fisherman, and I helped write the critical concept books for walleye fishing, some of the trolling chapters are what I wrote. And one of them, uh, we were talking about boards, and I was talking to Mark Martin, who was, He won the very first professional walleye trail championship. Mark goes back into the 80s. Uh, I know Mark for a long time He used to pair with uh, a lot of the top names, uh, Gary Roach and some of those. Well, he was an excellent trolling technician. And you mentioned you don't need to get the boards out, you know, like 100 feet from the boat or something. And we did a discussion where we figured that when you're trolling, you go over fish if they if they spook at all they move away, but they only move a short distance away and then they they settle back down so mark's uh, approach was always to try to get the boards out the length from the boat that he thought the fish were spooking out there and he would catch more fish that way well the in fisherman camera crew came over to him during a tournament and they were trying to stay away not interfere with his fishing and he he um what he did was he kept waving them in closer. He kept waving them in closer and and saying, uh, and saying, come a little closer, and they were hesitant. So finally, they were the same distance from his board on the other side as his boat was on his side, and they were pushing fish into his board. So he was catching <laughs> tons of fish because both boats were pushing the fish into the boards, and he ended up winning
1: the tournament. Yep, absolutely. And and it goes right back to Colorado's waters and how busy they are with boat traffic. Um, Really, I've found success long lining right behind the boat with crankbaits, only, you know, 60 to 80 foot behind my boat um, because there's so much surface commotion. Uh, These fish are just, I don't even know if they get scared in Colorado with the amount of of, uh, surface commotion going on, but, but you're exactly right. Um, you know, you got a 21 foot fish swimming above the top of them. They're obviously going to spook to the side to some extent. Um, how far all depends on the amount of commotion going on, I believe. And so, um, playing that to your factors, factors, your bite. Um, I compare it right now, uh, out at McConaughey, we're pulling lead core with crankbaits and lead core with spinner baits. And, uh, it's so funny. We're fishing in, you know, 15 foot of water to 12 foot of water in some areas, Um, pulling our crankbaits through, and then I switch locations not far, and uh, I'm in about 17, 18 foot of water, pulling spinnerbaits across the tops of trees. And uh, the big thing to note here is every single angler is trolling there's no one sitting still there's no one trying to cast at these now obviously our structure is a little bit different and that plays a huge role if your structure um and your fish are truly set up on a certain area it doesn't promote a good trolling technique you, you don't want to just troll and catch your fish in uh, a 10 foot span of the water column or, or you know 10 yard span um you know set up on them and figure out something that's going to work where you can constantly have bait in front of that fish But uh, out here, they're so vast and spread out, they're actually moved to a gizzard shad forage base instead of the owl wife, which they'll move on to in the fall. So they're being picky as to what they want. They move from one end of the lake to the other just based on what they want to eat. And then you just see that contacting these fish, it takes every bit of trolling. Uh, It's probably close to a half-mile stretch that we're trolling back and forth on either side of the lake on the west end. With crankbaits and spinnerbaits. And uh, it's really been an unbelievable bite. Your average fish is 23 inches and about five, six pounds. So <laughs> you can't complain with that.
0: Oh, Big Mac is an incredible walleye fishery. The biomass in that lake, we're going to see another state record out of there. A couple of things piggyback on what you said, too. You know, people get hung up and thinking that. Trolling means crankbaits, and I'm glad to hear you bring spinners up. I know Brad Peterson, who's coming up later in the show, pulls spinners a lot when he's trolling, uh, or even the slow death rigs sometimes. Trolling, uh, you're moving the boat. It doesn't always have to be two, three miles an hour. Sometimes it can be different speeds with different approaches. Uh, And another thing, and I will get your opinion on this, when people are trolling, uh, you really need to understand your electronics because I've been, a lot of my most, six Glendo, I have a YouTube uh, video on trolling at Glendo. In fact, I have two of them from two different times of the year. And we were trolling one of them over about 10, 15 feet of water. But the other one, we were trolling over 60 feet of water and trolling very shallow. So you really need to be able to understand where the fish are at, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's paramount to make sure that you have a couple different things going on with your electronics. Um, you know, they're all so close in, in performance that, uh, whether you're a Lawrence guy or a Hummingbird guy or Garmin, uh, they're all going to do, uh, about the same things. Now, the big thing to note here, um, is making sure you have a good map of the lake. I think that's probably one of the top things. I'd almost rather have a map than a, than a sonar. Um, and then, uh, in conjunction with that, obviously you're going to need some sort of imaging. And, Depending on the depth of water you're fishing, side imaging can be a a very, very important key thing to use. Um, down imaging out, out here at McConaughey to be able to see how tall those trees are coming up off the bottom. 2D sonar is kind of, uh, it's come a long way to be honest with you. It's it's clean, it's clear. You can really tell um, what's, what's from what. But when you have fish in trees, uh, it all of a sudden just kind of globs it all together. So my hummingbirds do a good job at uh, doing down imaging and I'm able to see through those trees and really see if I have fish sitting in those trees or not. And uh, all those play a huge factor. I know the other day uh, I was trolling through a section of trees and, and they were ending before I wanted them to. But I made a couple passes and saw that the line of trees were running a certain direction on the lake that I wasn't running my boat. So I wanted to keep my boat over the tops of those trees because that's where the fish are. And so after a couple passes, I figured out the direction that those trees were running and it was able to stay in them the whole time and increased my success. So between mapping and understanding uh, where you're driving your boat and what you're seeing on your electronics at the same time uh, really play a key factor of you finding those fish. And now when you break that down to Cherry Creek or Chatfield, uh, the one hard thing about those lakes is those fish, those gizzard shad, I should say, are usually so high up that I don't care what sonar you have, unless you have live scope constantly running, you're not going to see those fish that are one to two feet below the surface. There are so many big walleye in Colorado's lakes right now that are hunting four foot and less. I don't care if you're over 30 foot of water or 10 foot of water. They're so high up. Your electronics won't find them and your boat will spook them out off to the side. So you want to be looking sometimes not seeing fish is okay. Okay. They're there, and and learning that by trolling is going to be what teaches you where these fish actually are. So the act of fishing actually finds these fish as opposed to seeing them on your electronics. So there's a lot of uh, nuances to electronics and just fishing to find your fish. And you couldn't have said
0: it better. Sometimes you just need the fish to find them. And we are at the time of the year. In fact, it came a little later this year. But in Colorado Lakes, we're at the time of the year when the bigger fish are going to be suspended out with those bait fish. And it's going to be not that you, there aren't always some fish shallow. There aren't always some fish on structure. But the majority of the mature big fish, you're going to do much better trolling than probably any other presentation right now wouldn't you say that's probably the message to leave people with
1: yeah absolutely and and time and time again i do want to note this look it's it's uh, it's been a weird weather season altogether um but the fish are still it's still summer to them uh with that being said when we hit uh towards the middle of end of july um, the nighttime lows actually drop that water temperature just enough for those bigger fish to kind of get that uh, note in their head that, unfortunately, I hate to say the word, but fall is on the way. I feel like we've hardly had summer, but uh, fall is on the way. And so actually in July, literally towards the middle end of July, we already start to see this change in walleye behavior and have the bigger fish are the first ones to kind of get that um, – Feeding or binge feeding going, and a lot of times it begins in low light periods and first thing in the morning, last thing in the evening, um, trolling stick baits, whether it's long lining them or behind boards. Uh, a lot of times I like to just long line them and, and work the bait as we're moving along real slow 1.1 to 1.5 miles per hour, somewhere in that zone. Um, play around with your speed a little, but we really truly start to see that bite start a fall pattern start right now and so keep that in mind know that summer is short right now uh and fall is the next thing to look at that's your first go-to in my opinion for a fall technique is stick baits uh long lined or trolled uh behind boards uh coming coming soon so
0: dustin we are out of time but thank you so much for joining us if people want more information from you guys it's Tightline Outdoors on social media, tightlineoutdoors.com, or if they want to book a trip or go attend one of your events. Thank you so much, Dustin. Thanks, Terry. You have a wonderful day. You bet, Dustin Ziegler. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk fishing as Brad Peterson joins us on Terry Wicham Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear and 104.3 The Fan.